0: Now, I know what some of you are saying, well, I tried him, and he didn't work. Let's get it straight. No, you went to church. You never came to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, see, coming to church and coming to Jesus, that's two different things.
1: Welcome to Treasure Truth with Pastor and Author James Ford Jr., Senior Pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us. and. Pastor, I'm glad you made that distinction that coming to church and coming to Jesus are two very different things. Because we probably do have some listening today who are saying, yeah, I went to church. I even gave money and I quit doing the bad things that I was doing and it didn't work. My life didn't get any better. God didn't uh, quote unquote bless me.
2: Yeah. And that's basically because everything's wrapped up in Jesus Christ, our salvation, our sufficiency, our supply. Everything's wrapped up in him. You know, it's hard to find an honest sinner. Hmm. Uh, But I found one, Steve. I witnessed to a brother. I shared with him the good news of Jesus Christ. And uh, here's what he said to me. And I told him, I said, you're one of the most honest people I've ever run into and shared the gospel with. He said, I don't want Jesus. And I said, Why? Yeah. With everything that Jesus offers, why would you reject him? You know what he said? Because I would have to change my lifestyle and I don't want to. Wow. Right. Yeah. What honesty. Yeah. You know, and if we're honest with ourselves, most of us are reasons for rejecting Jesus Christ has to do with something that we don't want to do or something we don't want to give up personally. Mm-hmm. We recognize that to surrender to Jesus means to die to myself. And, you know, one of the things that we definitely do not want to do is die to ourself.
1: Yeah. So I'm, I'm curious, because both my wife and I have been sharing Jesus with people in our lives And they both came back at us with very similar responses. So I'm curious as to to what you would say with us. They basically were saying, I have people I love who I know did not accept Jesus. And if what you're saying is true, then they are in hell right now. I can't believe in a God who will send someone to hell because that doesn't seem like the loving God that you're talking about.
2: And here's my response every time. God didn't send them to hell. They sent themselves to hell. God extended his grace through Jesus Christ. And Jesus Christ died for the sins of the whole world, John three sixteen. So you literally have to step on the grace of God to go to hell. Because he said, if any man comes to me, I will in no wise cast them out. Yeah. And so given the opportunity, they've rejected Jesus Christ. They did that themselves. I'm sorry, God didn't do that. Hmm. I love that answer.
1: And uh, I hope that uh, if you're wrestling through that, you're dealing with someone, witnessing to someone right now, and that's uh, something that you're getting some pushback with, what a great response to share with them. Well, let's uh, open our Bibles to John 18 and begin this message, Why Do People Reject Jesus? Here's Pastor Ford.
0: I want to speak to you from the subject, why do people reject Jesus? We're in John chapter 18, verses 28 through 40. I'd like to start by telling you a story about a barber and a pastor. Uh, the barber uh, was waiting for his pastor. His pastor came in uh, to cut his hair. And, uh, well, that's something I don't have to worry about anymore. Amen. <laughs> And uh, when the pastor sat in the chair, the barber said, you know what? I want to ask you something. You're a pastor. And I want to ask you, why doesn't God do something about all this stuff that's going on? Why didn't he do something? Why do we have to have all this? Why didn't God do something about it? The pastor didn't say anything. He said, look outside. See that little boy there? That little nappy head boy with unkempt hair and uncombed hair, hair all over the place. I have a question for you. Why haven't you done something about that child's hair? To which the barber said, well, how can I do anything if he doesn't come in here and come to me for me to do something? And the pastor said, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the reason why God isn't doing something for you is because you haven't come to God. Mm -hmm. Jesus said it in John chapter 5, verse 40. Here's what he said. And you won't come to me that you might have life. Now, that's just not bios life. That's zoe life. I know it's all Greek to you, but bios is the word from which we get biology. Zoe is the word that's only used in Scripture to speak about spiritual life. So he says, look, I want to give you spiritual life, which is whole life, not term. He came that we might have life. Matthew chapter 11, verse 28, he said, come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. But the tragedy is, many of us have rejected Christ's offer. He he said it in John 1, 11. Here's what it says. He came unto his own. And his own received him not. Now now I know what some of you are saying. Well, I tried him and he didn't work. No, 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 no. Let's get it straight. We want to get it straight. No, you went to church, you never came to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, see, coming to church and coming to Jesus, that's two different things. You, You see? Coming to church makes you a Christian, help me Christ Bible, like going into a garage makes you an automobile. It don't work that way. Like going into Mickey D's make you a Big Mac number one supersize. It just doesn't work that way. There's no osmosis that makes you holy because you come to a building. As a matter of fact, there's a misnomer because the church is the people, not the building. Yeah. And so, you know, you say, well, I've been baptized, but you need to know under the water is not under the blood that I tell Christ Bible church all the time that you can be baptized so many times that the fishes know your social security uh, number and can hit you up on Facebook. It will not save you it's because you go in a dry center. You come up a wet center. You say, but I joined the church. See, the church is not something that you join in. You have to be born in. Everybody yeah. ought to have church. Two birthdays, one you tell your mama about, the other your mama tells you about. Mm Mm-hmm. And so we have some on Christ's Bible church roles that God doesn't have in his book of life. And God has some in his book of life that we don't have on Christ's Bible church roles. Revelation chapter 20, verse 15 says that he does have a book. And whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. That's the second death, that there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. People don't believe in hell, Uh, But that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. You know, it's like one person said, uh, hell doesn't exist. And and the student said, well, why would you say something like that? Have you ever seen it? And the person said, well, no, I've never seen it. That's because it doesn't exist. And somebody hollered, hey, teacher. Yeah. Have you ever seen your brains? (laughs) No. That's probably because it doesn't exist. And so, there'll be three surprises in heaven if you're going. You know what the first one is? Uh, There'll be people who you thought was going to be in heaven who will not be there. The second surprise is there'll be people there you'll be saying, how'd they get in? The third surprise is you'll be there. Mm -hmm. And so, no, I'm saying, listen, if you try to generic Jesus, you have a generic religion. Uh, many people hold on to the generic, but not the genuine. Yeah, they, they got a substitute. You know, kind of like the man who was trying to catch a mouse, and uh, he put the cheese down and went back to bed, and he heard, snap! And he said, I got him. Went down, the cheese was gone, and so was the mouse. He put, put some more cheese in, snap! He uh, came back down, cheese is gone, so was the mouse. So then he, he looked in the refrigerator, and he didn't have any more cheese, uh, so he said, okay, I'll put the picture of a cheese. So he put a picture of cheese in there. A couple of minutes later, he heard, smack! He went down, and sure enough, there was a picture of a mouse in the mouse trap. <laughs> you say, what's your, what's, your, what's your issue? See, some people did not have a genuine conversion. What would they do, Pastor Ford? I'm glad you asked. you ask intelligent question. They walked the aisle, they said a prayer, and they joined the church, but they're still going to hell because they gave the preacher their hand, but they didn't get Jesus their heart, and that's what it takes. That's what it takes now. Here's what somebody said. I ain't got nothing against the sinner's prayer. I tell you all the time, Romans 10, 9 and 10, don't I? That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Which means this, I always call the heart the well and the mouth the bucket. If it's in the well, it ought to be in the bucket. And that's what he's saying. So if uh, the survey I read was correct, They said, based on those who said a sinner's prayer, all the world has been saved already three times. Jesus said it in Matthew 7, 21. He said, everybody talking about heaven ain't going there. That's the Ford translation. And by and large, when people are confronted with the real Jesus, they reject him because they really don't know who he is. Now, there are five reasons in this text why people reject Jesus. Say, say preach the doggone thing, Pastor forward, Okay, thank you. I got the encouragement of both of you. Hmm. So here's what's going on. They're bringing Jesus before Pilate, the Jews are, uh, because they want Pilate to be the one to kill him. Why? Because they're under, under Rome domination, and they don't have what's called eas gladi. Say, Eus gladi. That's Latin for "power of the sword. In other words, they could not institute capital punishment on anybody. Only Rome could do that. And so now what they want to do is get Rome to kill Jesus. That's quite the
1: place to pause the message, isn't it? But we're going to do that for just a moment. We'll continue. Why do people reject Jesus in just a moment? If you want to find out more about Pastor Ford and about this program, I do hope you'll come and check out our website. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org. While you're there, you can look for something that says stay connected. It's a bar on the homepage, and there's a lot of useful links there. You'll find links to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, and a link that will allow you to download the Moody Radio app. There's that and a lot more when you come to treasuredtruthradio.org. You can also click on the About link. That's also on the Stay Connected bar. Find out more about Pastor Ford and about Christ Bible Church, where he serves as senior pastor. But let's get back to Pastor Ford as we continue, Why Do People Reject
0: Jesus? They want Pilate to do their dirty work. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. You know, those who walk around Christ's Bible talking about, what do you think about the direction we're taking? Hmm. I didn't know about this, did you? Anyway, you know, you want somebody else to do your dirty work. But here's what I want you to see before we even begin to look at these reasons. What man intends, God superintends. Because there are scriptural reasons why Jesus must be handed over to the Romans. Okay, let me give them to you real quick. Number one, because Scripture says in Psalm 22, they pierce my hands and my feet, which means then the Jews killed you by stoning you. And so Jesus couldn't be stoned. He had to be hung up on a cross. But remember now, when Psalm 22 was written, execution by cross was not invented until 500 years later. And so now God's word is fulfilled. He preserves it by having the Jews take Jesus to Pilate. Here's the second reason. Because when you look at Jewish stoning, every time somebody's stoned, bones are broken. But the Bible says in Psalm 3420, none of his bones would be broken. And so they had to take him to the Romans. Here's a third reason. Acts 2.23 and Acts 4.27 says that Gentiles would be involved in the crucifixion of Jesus. And so they had to take him to Rome. And what happened? Rome executes him. But who examines the lamb? He had to be taken to the high priest to be examined so he could be offered up to God because no sacrifice could be offered before the priest said it was a good offering. So why do people reject Jesus Christ? Here we go. Number one, contempt for his person. Look at verse 33. Then Pilate entered into the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said unto him, "Art thou the king of the Jews? When you look at this word thou, it's in emphatic in Greek. I know it's all Greek for you, uh, but what does it mean? Here's the first word in the Greek. You, king of the Jews? are you see Pilate had been drinking haterade and he's pouring hateration on jesus he, he really is I, I mean think about it he's looking at him he's saying you know you a king you don't look like a king and many of us saying that he's god in flesh he don't look like god he don't act like god Look at him. He didn't look like a king. He didn't dress like a king. He certainly didn't have the power of the king. He was someone who Isaiah 53, 3 said, uh, he's like a tender plant or a frail plant. And it speaks of the humility of Jesus Christ, born in a barn, born in a feeding trough for animals, uh, born in swaddling clothes. Who can tell me what swaddling clothes were used for? Come on, holler it out. Death clothes, you wrap dead people in it. So Jesus was born to die. And he was wrapped in clothes that said, this baby is born to die. From day one, he was going to die for our sins. Raised in obscurity, a carpenter's son. And the first 30 years of his life, the Bible is virtually silent. That 18 years of the life of Jesus is summed up in 14 words in Luke chapter 2, 52. And Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God. God and with man, contempt for his person. I know what it's all about. I don't know if you remember this Sugar babe. It's been a little while ago, but uh, uh, we were at a preacher's meeting, and we were supposed to bring our wives. And so uh, they had never met my wife, because, you know, my wife's ill quite a bit, and well, she was feeling well enough to go. And a guy who used to be my friend uh, walked over, and he said, hey, run forward, how you doing? I said, I'm doing fine, man, how you doing? Uh uh, this your daughter? <laughs> Hateration. No, it's not my daughter. It's my wife. Then he said this, Pastor Lyle, This is your wife? The Lord sure has blessed you. I said he used to be my friend. Yeah, that's that's what Pilate did to Jesus. Yeah, you? You? And after all, Brother Lyles, you know, and and, and my wife. She took care of me, so I didn't even have to say nothing, you know. And I thought to myself, and I said to him, I said, you know, see, now she got on you because you was hating on me. Talking about this, your wife. Man, look, I learned early. I got to learn how to rap because I don't look like Denzel or Morris Chestnut. And so I talk a starving dog off the back of a meat wagon, baby. You, you know what I'm saying? It's like, and God said, he could talk, I'm going to make him a preacher. Hey, Amen. You know? But I told, him, I told him, here's what I told him, I said, I said, you know, every woman doesn't like this outwardly, you know, grab your attention, handsome man. Some women like a man like me with subtle beauty. You know, it just kind of sneak up on you and you, you, you find yourself saying, he ain't that bad looking after all. But he had contempt for his first. But I tell you, there were people who met Jesus. Let me just give you some of the record of what some of the people said. I had a friend, his name was Stephen, and he always tell me, I want to hear Rev, because I got Jesus right here. And he would have a crucifix with Jesus on it. And I say, Jesus ain't on that cross no more. He rose from the dead, you know? So he's not on a cross, and he's not in the crib, and he's not on a portrait. And, and and you need to understand uh, that you can't have Jesus on. Around your neck. Hmm listen to these individuals. Tell me if they had contempt for him. I know they didn't. They had no contempt for him. In John 7:46, 46, uh, they said, never spake man like this man speaks. Mark 4:41, the disciples said, just like my wife when she saw me, had to have me. What manner of man is this? John 4, 29, the woman at the well, come see a man who told me everything I ever did. The people said this, he doesn't speak like the other preachers, but he speaks like someone who has great and powerful powerful authority. Nicodemus said, Rabbi, we know that thou are a teacher come from God, for no man can do what you do. The miracles you do except God be with them. The thief on the cross said, you better leave him alone, quit hating on him. We're on this cross because of what we did. He hasn't done anything. And the centurion soldier, he wrapped it up. He said, truly, this was the son of God. Yeah, and the only thing he had wrong was the tense of his verb. He said, this was, no, this is the son of God. That we have to have that respect for him. I bet you I've seen the Lion King about 30 times. I ain't exaggerating either. I love the Lion King. And every time I get to the park, if anybody's watching it with me, they get up and leave for about the next five minutes because they tired of hearing it. I rewind it and I rewind it where the two hyenas are in the cave and uh, uh, the one is afraid. He says, he might find out we have his son. And she said, the Whoopi Goldberg voice said, yeah, and we know we're afraid of Mufasa. <laughs> and then and then the other hyenas said, ooh, ooh Mufasa, Mufasa. Ooh, 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 Mufasa, 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 Mufasa. Ooh. They were afraid of that name. They didn't have contempt for Mufasa and then remember what happened. All of a sudden they heard her, roar, and they start trembling in their boots. I came to tell somebody today, if you don't know Jesus Christ, you've been accepting now because he came as the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. But one day he's coming back, not Mufasa, but Jesus, the lion of the tribe of Judah. And you better bow now, because if you don't bow here, you'll bow hereafter. Why? Because God has highly exalted him and given him a name that's above every name. At the sound of that name, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There is no other name under heaven whereby we must be saved. The name of Jesus. That's the first reason. Now, here's the second reason. Why do people reject Jesus? Second reason, they're confused by public opinion. Look at the text. Here's what it says. And then Pilate entered the judgment hall again and called Jesus and said to him, Are you king of the Jews? Jesus answered saying, Do you say this of yourself or did somebody else tell you? See what Jesus is doing? Now remember when Jesus asked questions, it's always, see, there wasn't a momentary lapse in God's omniscience. You know, he doesn't ask questions to find out anything. So, to reveal sin, right? With Adam. Adam, where are you? Why are you where you are? Adam should have said, well, you know, I sinned. I I ate what you told me not to eat. But you know what he did? He blamed God. Yeah, emphatic. He said, the woman you gave me. He blamed God. He didn't blame Eve. Then Eve blamed the serpent. She blamed the snake. And the snake didn't have a leg to stand on. And so he did it to restrict speech.
1: You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called, Why Do People Reject Jesus? And we're going to continue this topic next time. If you want to make sure that you don't miss the program, you can podcast it or you can get the Moody Radio app. They're both free and we'll link you to both when you come to treasuretruthradio.org. You know, Pastor, there are a lot of places that we can choose to put our money and to expect some sort of uh, return on investment. But when we give to Christian Radio, to Moody Radio, and to Treasure Truth, really we're choosing to invest in something that really
2: is kingdom. Of course. Well, what is the gospel? The old preachers used to say the gospel is just one beggar telling another beggar where to find bread. So when a person gives— to Treasure Truth, to Moody Radio, that's exactly what they're doing. They're extending the gospel to individuals who ordinarily would not hear the gospel. And and so that's what you're doing. There's a crown, it's called a soul winner's crown, 1 Thessalonians 2.19, and it's given to all of those who win souls for Jesus Christ. And when you invest In Moody Radio, that's exactly what you're doing. I think there's going to be a surprise in heaven because we think, well, I didn't articulate to anyone the good news. And God says, you know, you get this crown because you gave so that someone else could articulate the good news. Well, you
1: can give right now by coming to treasuretruthradio.org and clicking on the donate button. Again, that's at treasuretruthradio.org. Thanks for giving and for listening. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.